Hey, welcome back to the Transform Eternity and Birth podcast. I'm so happy to have you back. So today in this episode, I'm going to take you through a three-part series. Obviously, today is part one of a three-part series, and we are going to be going through the labor stages. Now, I think this is really important because understanding what your body is going to go through during labor can help you know, eliminate fears. It can help us prepare for you know, the support that we might need and how we can prepare our partners to support us. So in this three-part series, we're going to go through early labor, active labor, and transition. And then, yeah, and you can learn so much about your body, about how your baby's working, how your body's working, and how your partner can support you. So in that first stage of labor, we're going to go through early first. Now, I will preface this with Everybody experiences labor completely different and even per child can be completely different as well. So early labor is typically the first part of labor. Sometimes people have precipitous labors where labor is very, very fast and it totally skips early labor. You don't even notice or it's so subtle that you either sleep through it or you maybe have had early labor for days or weeks and you just have just been thinking it's Braxton Hicks or it's just been not noticeable. So everybody's a little bit different. Okay. So early labor is also called latent labor, or maybe you've heard prodromal labor. Prodromal labor, right? Is that really annoying off and on contractions that don't do much, but here's the thing. I want you to think of prodromal labor as a early start to labor. And what it's doing is it's preparing your body in micro doses. And I know it can be annoying and there's lots of tips and tricks we can do if this is happening to you or happening for you, I like to say instead. But in this case, I just want to let you know that if you are experiencing often on labor, know that it's not your body failing you. It's your body being really, really smart and helping your body and your baby to work together to get in a good position so that labor, when it does finally ramp up and actually start to become more active labor, that it actually is doing a lot of progression. So (laughs) I will say this too with prodromal labor, what I've seen with my own clients and even myself is that when they do have some prodromal labor, it does a lot of pre-work for you. And typically the rest of your labor is much shorter. Okay. So in early labor, I call early labor the rest and distraction phase. So there's no such thing as false contractions, right? I want you to make sure you're aware of that. If you hear, oh, you're not really in labor, you're just having false contractions. No, you are having contractions, but those contractions may not be making progression on a large scale, but they are making small micro changes every time, either with strengthening your uterus and thinning your cervix, making it thinner so that dilation can happen. So make sure that you are being very aware of the way that you talk about your body, the way that you think about your body when it comes to experiencing it. So what is happening in your body in early labor? Your body is making a lot of micro changes. Like we just talked about your cervix is starting to soften. Your cervix is starting to thin and that way it can dilate, right? In order for your cervix to dilate, it needs to start to thin out. You may be in your busy brain or your thinking brain, 
So I want you to ask yourself this question. What do you see yourself doing in this phase when you are possibly noticing some contractions here and there? Maybe they're not very consistent yet. Maybe they're really spaced out. They're not painful. You can notice them coming maybe 20 minutes apart and you're starting to become aware, hey, this might be early labor. Like this might be happening today. Who knows, right? What do you see yourself doing in this moment? Do you see yourself packing? Do you see yourself trying to distract yourself? Do you see yourself being in denial that this is even happening or Googling things? This is when we tend to be in our thinking brain or our busy brain, which is actually super helpful, right? Because it's our biological need to create a safe space for our baby to come out. So recognize, oh, wow, I am in my busy brain. And this is a good thing. So how am I preparing my space? But being intentional with the creation of your space, right? Some of the signs of early labor. You might have some pink or red tinged mucus with your discharge. You've probably heard of a mucus plug, right? If you haven't, your mucus plug is a essentially a plug <laughs> made of mucus that sits in your cervix. So when your cervix starts to thin and dilate and open, that mucus starts to fall apart and come out. Now, just like your nose, it regenerates, mucus regenerates. But when you start to see red or pink tinged mucus discharge in your underwear, that is a sign that your cervix is starting to thin and open, which is amazing. We love to see that. It could be still weak, but typically for my clients, when I've seen red or pink tinged mucus, it means that labor is going to be within the next couple of days or even that day. The other sign is regular contractions that are about 20 minutes apart. Sometimes they're a little bit more spaced out and then they start to get closer and closer together. That's kind of how labor starts. But in early labor, they're not too close yet and they might not be very regular. They may come every 10 minutes or 15 minutes or 20 minutes and then kind of slow down and speed up and slow down and speed up. And it's this game of is it starting or is it not? Is it starting? Is it not? And they can last like 30 seconds, 15 seconds, a whole minute, you know, so it can be really slow starting. If you think about it, like a train, a train doesn't just turn on and just go, right? It has to warm up the engine and has to start to regulate the system. And then once it starts getting into its rhythm, it goes along, right? And it just starts cruising kind of like labor. So another sign is that you can still talk during contractions and make jokes. You can laugh in between them. You continue your daily activities. Like you can still do dishes or you can still go on a walk or go to the grocery store or anything like that. For me, for both of my labors, well, my first one, I was cleaning the house when I was starting early labor. My second one, I was at the grocery store noticing that I was having contractions that were coming, you know, every 20, 30 minutes. So another thing is you can still hold a conversation. So say like you're trying to decide what you're going to have for dinner and your partner says, what do you want for dinner? And you have a contraction and then you say, I want Chinese food. So you can still jump back into the conversation. That tells me that you're not in active labor yet. You're still in your thinking brain, you're in your logistical brain, you can still make decisions and you can still have logical thoughts. Another sign is period-like cramping that seems to come in waves and it can also be felt in your back. Sometimes people don't understand that your back can also have some pulling, some cramping feelings as well. Because what's happening is when you have a contraction, your uterus is tightening and so it pulls on the ligaments that are surrounding your uterus. 
And that's where the discomfort can come from. All right. So sometimes we are wondering, what's the difference between a contraction and a Braxton hit contraction? We hear a lot of the time, Braxton hit contractions aren't real contractions. But in my opinion, they're practice contractions. Just like lifting weights is strengthening your muscles, Braxton Hicks are doing the same thing to your uterus. The more it's practicing the contraction and the release, the contraction and the release, the stronger your uterus is going to be. They could be very subtle to kind of uncomfortable, but they shouldn't be painful and rhythmic, right? They shouldn't start building on each other and getting more intense. That is not a Braxton Hicks. That is a contraction. So true contractions become more intense and regular as they start to progress. The tightening tends to happen at the top and then radiate down the sides. Not always, but that's typically how people will describe them. And then Braxton Hicks tend to be felt more in the front or just a tight feeling. For me, a Braxton Hick felt like if I was going to do a sit-up or a crunch, like working out, right? And I couldn't get out of it. Like my stomach would just be really, really tight, but I couldn't relax it. It was just tight. And that can happen like at 14 weeks pregnant. That can happen up until before labor starts. And that can also happen after intercourse because your cervix can get a little irritated sometimes. Or after a cervical exam, it can get some irritation. So it just causes some tightening in your uterus. Not necessarily a contraction but some Braxton hair. All right. So what to do in early labor? The body is extremely smart. It knows how to pump blood throughout your body. It knows how to breathe without you consciously telling it how to do it. You know how to poop, right? You know how to pee. Your body knows how to function like this and your body knows how to give birth. It's a natural body function. In most cases, your body doesn't need much help to go into labor. Sometimes though, our environmental factors play a role and that can have a cascade of interventions with it. So early labor, what to do when you start to notice that you are in labor? Well, my four things that I recommend in early labor are rest, eating, cuddling and distracting yourself. Do not chase labor. Labor will find you. I promise you that. I think a lot of us hear stories of inductions being the only way that we have been able to have a baby. I've heard countless stories of, well, I just don't dilate or I just don't go into labor. My body doesn't know what to do. My body doesn't know how to go into labor. But when I hear those stories, I get curious about the story behind it. In most cases, your labor can start on its own. In the cases that I've seen that labor does not start by 42 weeks, it's typically either a position issue with your baby or an issue with the environment. Like, what does your environment feel like? What does your home environment feel like? Are you constantly surrounded by negative stories? Are you stressed the heck out, right? Does your body feel safe? So there's lots of different factors that can play into when your body goes into labor. And that's kind of what I want to dive into is the five elements of birth. We are mammals. If you think about a dog, a cat, a farm animal, a cow, chicken, maybe not a chicken. Chickens aren't mammals. (laughs) If you think about like a cow or like a goat, I don't know, a farm animal, okay? A sheep, okay? If you think about a farm animal, what do they do when they go into labor? Where are they? 
they typically have to go to a dark area, a quiet area, one that they're warm and they feel safe and that they're not interrupted with distractions and people coming in and checking them. Like, I don't know about you, but I don't think I've ever heard of a farmer going in to see how dilated a cow is. Have you? No. Because why? Because they trust the process. They know that birth happens. And so these animals go through labor and give birth. Yes, there are instances where they need help. And that's where I'm very grateful for midwives and OBs that are skilled and trained to help us when we need help, right? But we need to build our environment around trust. So thinking about safety, warmth, privacy, darkness, and silence. And not necessarily like silence, like nobody can speak, but silence as in we have to respect the mother. We have to respect the sounds in the room. What's helping you feel safest is what's going to help your body feel safe. And that's going to help you dilate and have your baby sooner with less interventions. So some of the things that help is stay home as long as possible. If you're planning to go to the birth center or a hospital, staying home as long as possible is going to help you go through early labor quicker and more efficiently. It's going to help your body feel safest the longest. The chances of you stalling in early labor is more likely than active labor. If you're going from your home to the hospital and you're still in early labor, you might get to the hospital way too soon. And so say you're four centimeters, you get to the hospital, you're not in active labor quite yet. And it's been a few hours. They're still like, well, you're only at a five. You know, we think we probably should start Pitocin. We think we should. So then the cascade of interventions start to pop up, right? And so this whole time you could have been laboring at home, working through your waves, taking a bath, taking a shower, going to sleep, eating your food, all the things that are going to help your body feel really comforted. So the next thing is creating the environment that makes you feel the safest and private. So another key thing is when you are in labor at the hospital or birth center, wherever, like say it's not your home, right? And there's people in the room that you either don't know, don't feel safe with. If you can't kick them out, which you always can. So like in the hospital, if your nurse isn't you know, vibing with you, you can just ask for a new one. If you have an in-law at the hospital or in the room with you or at home or anything that is killing the vibe, either they're bringing a lot of anxious energy or frustration or scared or whatever it is. If you just don't even like them, right? They're just wanting to be there just for them, not for you. Ask them to leave. Ask your husband or your partner to ask them politely to step out of the space so that you can feel more private. Another really awesome tool that I love to use is the bathroom. The bathroom is probably my most favorite place. So this is a trick I use at the hospitals with my clients. When things are slow, if labor is stalling or slow or anything like that, I like to have my clients go into the bathroom. I have some LED candles that we put around the space and we turn off the lights and either sit on the toilet or put water in the bathtub and have use in the bathtub or get in the shower and you can shut the door and or you can leave it open if you want but that darkness and being in the bathroom helps you feel like you have more privacy and that's going to allow your body to feel a lot safer the other thing is 
the bathrooms typically are smaller, so there are less people can fit in there, right? And so there's not going to be a lot of bugging for blood pressures and cervical exams and poking you and all these things that tend to be policies in the hospitals. So creating the environment that's going to make you feel the safest is essential. Creating those five elements of birth is going to help you progress so much faster and smoother and just overall just help you. So that's a huge part of early labor, getting that oxytocin flowing, and that's how we're going to do it. How long will you be in labor? Who knows, right? That's a question I, I get all the time is, how long is early labor? And I wish I had a crystal ball that could tell me how many hours you would be in labor and how it was going to be for you. But unfortunately, I can't. So early labor can actually be the longest phase. Sometimes it's the shortest phase. Sometimes you skip it all together because you don't even notice it. But typically it's the longest phase, especially in a first time mom. So it can be days. It can be weeks if you have prodromal labor, hopefully not, but it can be days. And so just being compassionate with yourself and patient and just being gracious with yourself. Early labor is between zero and like five to six centimeters. So if you're in the hospital, say you're getting an induction, because you're going to go through all these stages of labor during your induction, noticing like, oh, I'm going to be really patient with myself because if I'm only a four or five centimeters and I'm still handling these waves really, really well, and maybe it's been a couple hours since I've dilated, that's okay. We can just do a position change. We can get the peanut ball out. We can go sit on the toilet. You can go on a walk. You can do all sorts of things. Just know that early labor can take a long time and the best thing to do is to distract yourself. So I want you to think of some things that you can write down that would be helpful for you. What could distract you in a helpful way that would also allow rest and oxytocin to flow? Sometimes that's ordering dinner and watching a really good movie or movie series and just cuddling and making out with your partner and or going on a date, going to the movies, go swimming, like do things that are going to be helpful for your body so that you can get enough rest because I do not want you to be tired or, you know, things that are going to feed your body and distract you in a really good way. Get out in nature. Like that to me, nature is the best medicine. So those are my tips for the distracting phase. But then again, you know, that can be different for everybody. So how are we going to help labor along? I want you to think of some things that you can think of that may be helpful for labor to progress with having the five elements of birth in mind for you specifically, how can you influence your body to feel safe? My next tip is to hide the clocks. When we have a clock constantly in our face, we are going, oh my gosh, it's been five hours. It's been Two more hours. When I was in labor with my first son, I had a clock in front of me the entire time and it was so hard for me because I kept looking at the clock going, okay, by 12 o'clock, I'm going to have this baby. 12 o'clock would come and go and I'm like, okay, by six o'clock for sure. Then six o'clock would come and go and it was just this constant reminder that time was ticking away and it did not help me (laughs) even a little bit. My next tip is to put your phone on do not disturb. When you have other people calling and texting, especially if they know you're in labor. Is the baby here yet? How are you feeling? Is baby here yet? Like what's going on? I need updates. That's not helpful for you. No, 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 no. So please put your phone on. Do not disturb. You can save the contacts that need to ring through like your doula, your photographer, your midwife, 
the people that you select that you need to have, like if they need to call you, they can ring through. You can set that settings on your phone. So I definitely recommend doing this when labor starts to pick up because you do not want to have people calling and texting, asking when the baby's coming. And the last thing is ignore labor as long as you can, right? We talked about do not chase labor. Labor will happen. So when labor begins in the afternoon, these are the things that I want you to do. I want you to eat a good lunch, eat a high protein carb and make sure you're hydrated, you know, fats, high protein and carbs. So like my favorite thing to suggest is a peanut butter and jelly sandwich on like whole wheat or a bread that's going to make you feel fuller longer because it's easy to digest. You have the sugar in it, you have the protein and you have the fat. It's just an overall easy meal to consume when you're in labor. Sometimes eating in labor does not sound like a good idea. It doesn't sound appetizing to eat. So having something that's really simple, even just peanut butter toast with some honey drizzled on it could be really, really helpful. And make sure you're hydrating yourself. So after every third contraction, take a sip of water, especially if you're choosing to not have IV fluids. This is going to be really helpful for you to stay hydrated. This can be water. It can be like a labor aid that you make something that's going to give you electrolytes and some energy and keep you hydrated. The next thing I suggest is showering or taking a bath and a nap. Making sure your body is well rested is key to sustaining your energy throughout this process. So the next thing is having your partner massage you or something like that. Whatever your love language is, I want you to feed off of that. So if your love language is physical touch Then cuddling with your partner, maybe getting a foot or hand massage or back rub, that's going to help your oxytocin. Then it's also going to help you get some rest and inform your team. Always inform your team if you're noticing changes in your body that are maybe labor, even if you're like, I don't really know if this is labor or anything. It's very helpful for us as your birth team to kind of know what's happening so that we can start to make arrangements at home. Even if nothing ends up happening. It's really good for us to just have a heads up. So the next thing is when labor begins at night, I want you to eat if you're hungry and then just try to go back to sleep. Sleeping is, if you haven't noticed already, the most essential thing, because if you're sleeping, then your body's getting enough rest to sustain the energy that's going to be needed for active labor and pushing. If you think about birth as a marathon, not a race right? We want to sustain our energy as long as possible. So if it's, if you're able to go back to sleep, please try to. I know that it could be so exciting. If you start to notice labor picking up or your water breaks or something like that, it can be really exciting, which is great. I want you to celebrate that. However, I want you to also realize that your body needs to have a lot of rest. So if you're tired, please try to go back to sleep. And then the other thing is making sure that you are keeping fluids by your bed so that you can stay hydrated, right? So if you're waking up with the contractions, just take a couple sips of water throughout, which is also hard because then you're getting up to go to the bathroom, but that's also helping. If you get up and go to the bathroom and empty your bladder, it's going to give more space for baby to come down. So going to the bathroom often is super helpful and then staying hydrated. So the next thing I'll talk about is what if your water breaks? So these are the things I want you to notice. Was it a trickle or a gush? What did the color look like? Was it clear or was it more murky and like a brown or greenish color? And what was the smell? So your midwife, your OB, 
whoever is on call for you, call them and just let them know. Then make sure nothing goes in. So no sex, no cervical exams. Just limit them as much as possible because that protective barrier is gone. And then do kick counts. Kick counts is one of my favorite tools to use when you're not having access to a Doppler to check fetal heart tones. So kick counts are when you lay down on your left side and you're just quiet, you limit distractions around you, and you pay attention to baby's movements. You should feel about 10 movements in an hour. And if you don't, then let your provider know so that they can come and do a fetal heart tone check with a Doppler, or you can go into the office and have them check. This is something I recommend starting at like 28 to 32 weeks and doing it every day so you get used to your baby's regular movements. So if there is a change throughout your pregnancy, you can notify your team and they can come just make sure everything's okay. There's no wasted call with kick counts. So just be aware of that. So with your water breaking, I want you to know that labor may not begin for about two days still. It is normal for that to happen. However, depending on who your provider is, they have a different comfort level on what they like. So sometimes with the hospital, the policy is 12 hours. They don't like your water to be broken for more than 12 hours without labor beginning. So they're probably going to be talking to you about induction, starting Pitocin, something like that. If it's been 12 hours and you're giving birth at the hospital, your provider will probably want to check heart tones to make sure baby's okay. But if you want to stay home as long as possible, you can opt in for kick counts. So if your provider says, oh, your water broke, well, I want you to come to the office so we can do fetal heart tone checks. But say you're like, well, I know the statistics of me coming in the hospital too early are not in mine or my baby's best interest, I would rather stay home and do kick counts and make sure baby's okay that way. If I feel like something's wrong, then I will come in. That is your choice. But if you feel in your gut and your intuition that you need to go in, please listen to that. Be aware of scare tactics to be admitted. I did have a client that her water broke and she did this. She opted for 12 hours and to do kick counts, everything was fine. So after 12 hours, she checked back in with her midwife and did more kit counts and still her midwife really wanted her to come in but she was very adamant that she didn't want to go in the hospital too early because labor hadn't even started yet right and so she didn't want to have all these things happen and be in labor for too long and have all the interventions happen so then at 24 hours her midwife was like can you please come in and get fetal heart tones we'll just do a non-stress test and a fluid check and all the things so she felt good in her body that that was the right choice. So she went in and they checked everything. Baby was looking okay, but the heart rate wasn't as great as they wanted it to be. So my client decided to stay in the hospital and they did do the induction, but it went very smooth and it was very straightforward and she did a really great job. So she was able to stay home longer, which I don't know if it helped or not, but it sounds like it did. So again, listen to your intuition, listen to your gut, and then go off of risk versus benefits what feels good to you. And then talk to your provider and be a team with them and decide together what the best option would be going forward. So how do you know it is your water? Well, a test that I like to have my clients do if they think their water is broken is either get like a white towel or a light colored towel and squat over it without any underwear on and give a little push. If more fluid comes out with that little push, assuming your bladder is empty, then that is typically your water. 
if when you do that and nothing comes out, it might have been just urine that's leaked out because there's a lot more pressure on your bladder and that's really common. So just be aware of that. Also, your team, your midwife or your OB has specific strips that can test the fluid, the acidic level in the fluid, and that's how they can test to see if it actually was amniotic fluid or not. So know that if it does break, you go in the hospital and they check you and it's not fluid and you're not having contractions, you can go home, right? As long as you and baby are fine, you can choose to go home. Let's dive into the partners and early labor. What can you do for your women that are in labor. So these are the things that I suggest. Help her rest and distract. Make sure she's fed a high protein fiber rich food. You can do light massaging. Laughter is amazing. Oxytocin is the key and pay attention to the love language. So let's talk a little bit about prodromal labor. So prodromal labor is an ineffective contraction that can go on for days long or hours at certain times of the day. And it could be two different things, but it also could be some other things. But the two most common things are malposition or dehydration in the body. What can you do about this? So the mild circuit is the first thing I recommend. I can put the link in the show notes of the mild circuit. Spinning babies is an amazing tool. And then going to see a Webster certified chiropractor. Make sure they are Webster certified. This is a specific certification that allows them to have the special training on working on pregnant bodies. And then a prenatal massage. Prenatal massage isn't just a luxury. Yes, you need it. And you should have one. You deserve it. You've been carrying around this human and growing this human. Your body has been doing a lot of work. And so prenatal massages are amazing at draining the lymph system and then softening those ligaments that are holding your uterus, that are helping your body to stay balanced. And so if we can get that uterus to be in a more ideal position, the baby will have ideal space to come down and out. So prodromal labor to me just tells me that this baby might need help getting into a more ideal position. And so my first things are mile circuit, spinning babies, go see a chiropractor and get a prenatal massage. The last thing I'll do is read a quote from Elizabeth Davis. She's a midwife that wrote an amazing midwifery book that I had to read for my birth assistant training. But she says, you do not have to do anything to get labor started. The most important thing is to take best possible care of yourself, relax, and let the feelings flow. Isn't that amazing? So many times we think like, oh my gosh, I have to do all these things to get labor started. Once I start feeling labor, I have to keep it going. I have to keep it going. So we get up and we move and we do all the things because if we lay down and labor stops and it it's exhausting mentally and physically, and I don't want you to have to worry about that. So the most important thing for you to do when you start to notice that your body may be starting labor is to take care of yourself. That's the most important thing, right? So de-stressing yourself, de-stressing your environment, Focusing on your baby and your partnership and yourself. Give yourself so much love. So I hope that was helpful. That was the end of part one. The second part, we're going to dive into active labor, which is the movement and going internal phase. It's going to be really, really good because this is when labor gets a bit more intense and we have a lot more tools that we need to start leaning on. So I'm excited to help you with this next phase of labor. If you like this episode, please rate and review on Spotify, on Apple Podcasts. I would highly appreciate it because 
the more reviews that we get on the podcast, the more lives hopefully we're changing and influencing to help be more autonomous with their body and more empowered with their choices. And that is my ultimate goal is to have you be empowered and to feel confident in yourself and confident in your ability to give birth. So I would love that so much. Also, if you are on Instagram, please screenshot this recording and tag me at Trista Birdzell so that I can say thank you so much for listening and supporting me, supporting this movement, supporting this podcast, supporting birth, supporting women giving birth. I just, I'm obsessed with birth and I'm obsessed with you feeling confident in yourself and your ability to give birth. And stay tuned because what I'm working on right now is going to help so many more people. If you're pregnant and you have been looking for a birth class, stay tuned because this is going to be really helpful for you. And yeah, so I hope you guys have a beautiful week and I will talk to you next week. Have a great, great day. See you later, friend.